all the Jedi stuff is based off of religion and, and, and such. So, oh yeah, you've probably guessed that already. But oh yeah, all right. So I am going to click the intro, which means we're going to start, and then uh, we'll get into it. Sounds good. Welcome to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash r-a-b-r kyledrickinson.us That's r-a-b-r dot k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n dot U.S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room website at R. A B R dot K A I L E J O H A N S E N dot U S. And now it's time to talk Star Wars. I am Kyle John Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say hello. Hello. Obviously, Andrew Scott Sutton's not here. Um, he uh, technically called in sick. So uh, we've we've got Rick here again today. And Rick, go ahead and say hello. Hello. Uh, he He's still struggling with his camera. Maybe we'll have to send him a cheap camera to attach to his computer or something. Grab tech. Hey. <laughs> tech. He has to call uh, Dell Tech Support. <laughs> inside inside joke. Um, the hyperdrive is right. working. Exactly. Uh all right, so today we're reviewing Star Wars Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, uh, The Solitary Clone. Um, first, we're going to do some uh, news. I've got a couple news things that we're going to talk about. Um, and then we're going to uh, we're gonna basically talk about the cast a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, a little bit about what I have a little extra about the uh, Tawny Ames, which was the governor that was defending herself on Desik. Uh, and then uh, we'll get into the discussion of the episode, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk about feedback and such. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get somebody to eventually do that. Um, I did want to say that um, looking at the numbers and such, um, we are actually getting recent people people recently listening to our our latest episodes. Um, there was at least one on the uh the indian uh, site um i don't want to say it wrong so let me pull it up if i can get it up oh that's bad too um (laughs) yeah it's called uh gilesaven.com uh like i've said before that's kind of like uh you know our uh our uh um, Spotify, basically, but it's got apparently it's got a lot more people that use it. Um, we have technically with them we have uh, uh, fifteen different stream- people have streamed, um, which is not a lot, but 
at least two or three of those are repeated streamers constantly. We have, uh, um, yeah, so we have it, at one point in December, we had uh, four people that were listening at, uh, all the time repeatedly. Um, of course, it goes up and down. But anyway, beyond that, let's, uh, let's get into the news here. It's time for the news. All right. So, uh, again, uh, on the website, I'll have links to the articles and everything that we talk about. Um, but the first thing is uh, we're going to talk about the Mandalorian Season 3. Um, we're going to get to see some Praetorian Guards. Um, and there's, uh, you know, uh, rumors that because they've revealed these guards that we may get to see um, Snoke as well, Supreme Leader Snoke. Because um, uh, last time we saw them, they were, they were getting slaughtered while guarding Snoke. Um, let's see, here it says... Lots of reshoots. Um, Last Jedi was when we saw them. The Mandalorian will potentially... In the Mandalorian, they will potentially joining Moff Gideon in a battle when he dons his first red and black armor um, with a horned Mandalorian helmet. (laughs) So he's going to... The rumor is, is he wants to... um, he wants that um, dark saber so he can become the ruler of Mandalore. And uh, from what that says there, he's going to try to dress the role too. Um, His his main goal apparently now is to, uh, to rule Mandalore. Um, But there's also because of the guards um, maybe um, Snoke gave those guards to uh, Gideon, Moff Gideon. Um, you know, you remember who that is, right? That's the John Carlo uh, Esposito guy. Uh, right? Yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Breaking Bad, originally. Yeah. Well, not originally, but that was kind of like his last, maybe. Yeah, he's he's all over the place. He was in uh, he was in um, The Walking Dead too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. They spun him off into his own uh, show. I think it's still going on, but they're I didn't in know hiatus. That. Yeah, he's so it sounds uh, so it sounds like he's trying to uh, do something for himself, but for the benefit of of Snoke or the Empire, then because Mandalore's got the resources that they need. Right. Well, there's some history there. So, um, there is the war. There's a war. Uh, called the Great Mandalorian War, and this happened before, I believe it's before um, the the first prequel, um, but it was a a war that was between the Mandalorians and the actual Jedi, not not the Sith or anything, but the Jedi. So they there was something that was going on that they weren't following, and and the Jedi came in to um, settle things, and it. And it became um, a standoff and, and a war, and in the end, they ended up bombing um, Mandalore to smithereens. Mm-hmm. So, pretty much nothing habitable left is what they ended up doing to it. 
Um, and because of that, most of the survivors ended up living somewhere off-world. Um, there is another um, planet near Mandalore that um, several different factions of Mandalorians um, lived on, specifically the faction that uh, our Mandalorian is associated with um, was started on one of the um, moons, I believe, of Mandalore, um, because they were they were the radicals. Um, you know, they they believe not to take the helmet off and all that stuff, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, the regular Mandalorian um, faction that was the mainstream taking your helmet off wasn't a was a thing. They they did it all the time. Yeah. Um. So well, and we've seen these, that. We've seen that in the series. Right. Right. The because it it's. In the in the movies, you know, Boba Fett never took off his helmet, um, but we did see um, Django, you know, in the in the prequels, take his off yeah. all the time because he took the whole suit off, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so so there, this was about those Praetorian guards. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier when we were just talking about how um, this can be brought from Roman times and such because um, uh, they had Praetorian guards uh, back then as well. Um, so Luke is kind of drawing from that. Um, and then they say here at the very end that, of course, uh, the Mandalorian season three is supposed to start on March 1st. Woohoo! So, yeah, that'll be exciting. So, and that'll be a challenge too. In a way, it won't be much different than what we did last week, where we did two episode kind of pod- podcasts at the same time. Um, but uh, the Mandalorian is usually longer; it's usually like forty-five to to almost an hour or more an episode. Um, so, if you're still podcasting with us, that'll be interesting. Then, yeah, exactly. Uh, so the second thing we're going to talk about is is um, I'm going to share my screen if I can find the right thing. I didn't share my screen on the first one. Can't even find it. Screen three. It says it's screen two. All right, can you see the yep. code thing? Okay. Can. We're going we're gonna to talk about this briefly. So there's a, this is basically an infographic thing that uh, explains the different factions. I say of Jedi, I, I consider um, Sith just a, a different faction of the Jedi. Um, uh, so, and, and they, they have here listed this, the Sith code the Jedi code and the gray codes in the middle. And, um, you know, we can, we can go over this a little bit, but I wanted to kind of, uh, point out that the symbols, the, the two Jedi symbols, the gray code and the, uh, Jedi code symbols are just a tiny bit different. Um, the Jedi code one almost looks like a swan. It's got like a, a star in the middle of it. Uh, at the top, and the gray code is just a um, long stock thing with a star kind of in the lower portion of the of the symbol. 
and I, and I say that because um, most of what we're used to is that gray code uh, Jedi symbol, um, and that's kind of how uh, the Jedi are supposed to be in general. Um, we see a huge split in them when um, the Sith uh, are, have large numbers. So, you know, way before the High Republic times, way before our prequels and everything, you know, there was two or three Sith and Jedi wars that happened, um, uh, you know, fighting for power or whatever it is, you know, Sith-like Sith power and, you know, supposedly the Jedi are for peace. So let's kind of break these down a little bit. Sith Code says, peace is a lie. You know, there's only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken, and the Force shall set me free. Okay? Um, and you'll notice both of these, Jedi Code and Sith Code, at the end, they uh, they, they end, at the, end with a Force. Um, the gray code in the middle says there's no dark or light side. There's only the Force. I will do what I must to keep balance. There's no good without evil, but evil must be allowed to flourish. So it's saying, there again, there has to be a balance. There is passion, yet peace. There is serenity, yet emotion. There is chaos, yet order. Okay? Saying they both have to exist together. Um, and then the Jedi Code is, is, you know, pretty much completely the opposite of the Sith Code. There's no emotion, there is peace, there is no ignorance, there is knowledge, there is no passion, there is serenity, there is no chaos, there is harmony, there is no death, there is the force. So, uh, what do you think about that start off with, uh, Rick? So I, think, uh, I think if you look, probably the majority are going to fall on the gray code. It's something or other. It's just like a, it's like a teeter totter. You're balancing one way or the other, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and uh, depending on your personality or whatever, you tend to lean one way or the other way, and that's kind of where it takes you. And if you look at the characters that we've seen, you know, you've seen the the Jedi code characters, and you've seen the Sith code characters, and and it just depends on which way they tilt from the middle. Yeah, so I, I would like to say that as an example, I think um, maybe Yoda is a gray code, but someone like Quajon is maybe a, a Jedi code. Yeah. Um, and those are those are hard to you know, unless you've read a lot about them, those are hard to kind of you know get a lot of information about. But um, so in Legends, you know, we know that. Return of the Jedi, you know, uh, basically Luke supposedly brings the balance back to the Force yeah. because, you know, his father was sent back to the light side. So in in a Jedi's mind, um, a balance means there's there's no Sith, basically, or evil that's that's trying to come in. Yeah. Um, but, it, but you'll find in Legends when... Um, See, Luke Skywalker starts 
up a brand new um, Jedi training facility um, around this time. We saw him in the Mandalorian. They're building that little dome structure. Yep. Yep. That's that's supposed to be his, one of his training places. Um, he wants to he wants to rebuild the Jedi basically because you know obviously they've all been built off, right? Yep. So, and his philosophy is more gray code. Um, he, you know, one of the things that they teach um, in the movies is you're not allowed to um, have attachments. So, you know, um, Anakin obviously becomes very attached to Padme, and yep. that's not allowed because that's a distraction, right? Yep. Well, Luke doesn't believe that. And as a matter of fact, in, in there's several books that he is actually married to uh, a woman. Um, I think her name's Jade, maybe. I, I, I'd have to look it up. But he, he's actually married, and she helps him with um, building this these uh, um, training schools. Okay. Um, and at one point, obviously, you know, they've trained and trained. There's He's trained over several, several thousand Jedi at, at some point. Well, including um, Kylo Ren. Exactly. Kylo Ren is, is in one of them. Um, and oh, and as you see, as you see it, Kylo Ren was, was almost an adult when he was being trained, too. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things in the movies is they want to train them when they're younglings, right? Yep. Um, and that's, a, that's another thing that Luke doesn't believe because he was trained when he was older, right? So he's like, why do they need to be younglings? Yeah. Well, you go back to Anakin, you can kind of see the progression from where, you know, he kind of maybe began a little bit more to the Jedi code. Probably was predominantly gray code, but leaned or was being pushed to the Jedi code, but ultimately falls onto the Sith. Exactly, because he, he, he's really looking for power and, um, you know, in the beginning, it was more he wanted the... Uh, Ability to save Padme, right? Because he had that yeah. vision. Um, yeah. And then it became power, and he, you know, he wanted to rule the galaxy with her, or whatever. You know, he wanted yeah. to. He wanted that power. And he used the uh, force to uh, have that power to get that exactly. freedom to do what he wanted. Exactly. I'm going to stop sharing, which means I have to reshare my audio. Just saying it out loud so you guys know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's the news, per se. It's a, it's some interesting conversations there. And, um, you know, I think if you see, if you think about these, the Sith Code, Grey Code, Jedi Code, and kind of think about our characters and stuff, um, it helps you understand s some things, too. Um, so let's click this one the news go ahead i was just gonna say it shows the the humanity i guess if you want to per se think of that as you know how, how most of us are we're, we're you know generally more towards the middle but we tend to go one way or the other and depending mm -hmm. on the situation or scenario exactly exactly in a, um yeah, and and you know they they always they always get a I think the Jedi always get a bad rap because they get a rap of you know being like wizards and 
and you know so on um which i mean technically they they could be considered that but they're really not right they're there there's more to it than that right they have a special skill set that the normal average joe doesn't have <laughs> right that's been finely right. tuned and and um yeah from from yeah, childhood liam, so they as liam yeah. would say he has a special skill set <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly all right so let's get going here um i'm gonna click this spoiler alert thing and you haven't heard the whole thing yet but it's 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 a little longer than you're used to so hold on for it Spoiler alert. Danger, you are about to be spoiled. This is your spoiler alert. We are about to talk candidly and explicitly about some TV shows or movies. If you have not watched them, please fast forward to the appropriate section. You will not be warned again because you will be spoiled. Oiled. Yeah, and by uh, by the appropriate section, we mean the end because <laughs> we spoil throughout the entire uh, thing here. So going forward with spoilers, um, we're talking again about the Bad Batch season two, episode three, Solitary Clone. Originally, eps eh, originally aired January eleventh, um, and had a running time of thirty minutes. Um, in the cast this time, uh, we had the we we didn't have our regular Bad Batch characters, um, but we had um, we did have some clone troopers that were uh, uh, commanded by Commander Cody, um, and that same person, D. Bradley Baker, was the voice of all the clone troopers and Commander Cody. Um, we had uh, battle droids, which, as always, are are voiced by Matthew Wood. Um, and then we had uh, Admiral Rampart was in there. And we had some regular stormtroopers that weren't clones. And those were all voiced by uh, Nushir Dalla. Dalla? I, I don't know how to say that last name, but um, same guy that did Rampart last time. Um, Governor Groton was Max Middleton. Um, there was a PA voice in the background a couple times. Um, that was, and, and the tackle droid were both Shelby Young and then uh, Tawny Ames, which was the uh, the governor that was trying to defend her world, is uh, Tasha Venza. Venza. And I have a little bit here about Tasha where, um, you know, in this episode, she, she her homeworld is, is Disick. And she sided with the Confederate independent systems in the galaxy. Um, uh, she worked with the uh, Separatist Senate and her colleagues, uh, Senator Bonateri of Onderon, um, to put forth the Confederate Republic uh, Peace Initiative, a treaty suggested in the beginning of to of peace negotiations between the Galactic Republic and the Separatist movement. Um, 
Ames supported a number of factors, namely, um, she she didn't like the bombing of the uh, capital, uh, Coruscant. Um, she was uh, her 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 uh, colleague Bonatari, who eventually was assassinated, which uh, resulted in the treaty being, um, you know, disavowed. So she worked hard with this Bonatari guy to come up with a peace treaty for uh, some of the planets that were in the separatist movement didn't want to be part of the Galactic Empire. Um, and this was seen, um, some of this was played out during uh, the Clone Wars uh, animated show. Um, she actually, the public never intended the war to actually end. And she worked a little bit uh, directly with Count Dooku as well. Um, Tony Ames personally took, gov took Governor Groton and his stormtroopers hostage upon their arrival um, following the prop proclamation of, uh, you know, her planet being free. Um, Ames led, led her planet into independence, serving as the governor in the months following the rise of the Empire. Uh, when they first sent Groton to Disick City. Uh, Ames refused to surrender the planet to the Empire. Uh, claims, claimed that the, uh, the planet was separate, separated. Um, and therefore, the uh, Empire had no claim. And that's when she ordered... Uh, as we saw in the episode, she ordered the guards to, to take him when he came on planet. So that's kind of a small background. It, was, it ties past stuff with, this, with the episode here where she uh, refused Groton's uh, insistence that he was the governor um, because the Empire was taking over. So with that, we're going to play our commercial that... Uh, Kevin hasn't heard yet. We are proud to welcome our latest sponsor, Juan's Cantina, where every first week of the month on the standard galactic calendar, we celebrate what the ancients call Cinco de Mayo. Come join us at Juan's for the food, mariachi music, and 34 flavors of margaritas. That's Juan's Cantina right next to the Hangar 94 of Mos Eisley Spaceport. On day two of the week, is Taco Tuesday. All tacos are half a credit each and enjoyed with our house margaritas. Juan's Cantina also serves the glycogen famous Dos Camarones Azul Cerveza, imported directly from Kessel. Thank you again for our latest sponsor, Juan's Cantina. There we go. Juan's Cantina. See. Si. <laughs> I always wondered, you know, you never see any, uh, you know, Ethnic type of food, really, in Star Wars. They show all kinds That's of different it. food, but but it's not. There's no ethnics. Yeah. Maybe they don't think that way anymore. I don't know. It's all liquid food. That way, it's easily digested. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we see some noodles sometimes, and um, what isn't that what Grogu was eating at one time? He had some noodles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We, well, we see some of that sometimes. Yeah, you eat the he frogs. Ate the frogs. I was trying to think a smoothie. That's what I was trying to think of. Everybody just is going to eat a smoothie in the in, in the. It's true. It's cheaper, days. and it's it's probably standard uh, Empire rations. Yeah, so on probably so on. a lot of kale in it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or spinach, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, or whatever no, greens. Kids are greens. <laughs> yeah, grass, something. Uh, well, I mean, because they tear apart some of those planets just mining them, they got to use some of that stuff. Yeah. All right. So it's time to grab your favorite beverage um, from Wands. Pull up a chair and join us in the Rebel Alliance briefing room as we talk about the episode here. So in the beginning, Separatist world of Distic civilians go about their way harvesting crops outside the city. Uh, a mother and son share drinks as sirens begin to ring and the Imperial uh, New Class Attack Transport Shuttle lands on the landing platform. Civilians scurry as Governor Groton and his contingent stormtroopers disembark and approach a masked woman who identifies herself as Tawny Ames. The governor of Disick, he introduces himself as the governor of Disick. Ames asks Groton to state his business, and Groton replies that he is there to relieve her of her position by order of the Galactic Empire. Ames refuses to recognize the Imperial Authority and orders Groton to depart. Groton rejects her request, and Ames orders her B-1 battle droids to surround Groton and his troops. Yeah, and that's the big uh, opening scene there. Uh, Meanwhile, we go back to um, the Empire, and we see... uh, which what we call CT-9904, which is Crosshair, awake in his um, quarters, and he joins several tr- uh, troopers for breakfast. Uh, Crosshair overhears two clone troopers talking about the defense recruitment bill, which they hope doesn't pass. Crosshair joins the two clones who move away almost immediately. Before Crosshair can settle into his meal, he is ordered to report to Vice Admiral and Rampart's office immediately. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about that little bit of there, um, Rick. Did it look to you like um, right there, the first part we saw across here, he was kind of uh, maybe depressed a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of like, well, and we find out, I guess, a little bit in that same scene because he asked how long it had been since he'd been rescued. And uh, and th- then they ask him how long he'd been there without being rescued. And uh, I can't remember what the number was, like 32 cycles or something like that, I think you said. Yeah, 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 38. it's 32. 32. It's 32. Um, yeah, so, it's it's know, definitely I, coming up. Are you thinking months? Are you thinking, is that weeks? What are you, what are you thinking here? Um, well, so I mentioned okay. in the, I mentioned in the uh, Juan's Cantina, uh, galactic uh, calendar and all that stuff. So the galactic calendar is um, similar to our calendar, except um, all the months are 30 days. Okay. Um, and I think there's 10 months instead of 12. Um, and the standard time is supposed to be similar to ours. You know, it's not, I don't think it's a 24 hour day. I think it's like, 21 or 20 
21 and a half or something like that hour day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly, but it's, it's really close to what we're, we're used to. Um, and that's, that's the time that um, the entire galaxy uses, whether the, they're the empire or whatever. Right. Yeah. So um, when it says 32 rotations, he means 32 rotations of the, the planet around the sun. So it depends on the planet, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of envision that to be like 32 days, maybe 32 weeks. I can't imagine he survived longer than that on his own, you know. But, you know, we don't really have much context from all of the other activities, uh, you know, from the previous episodes, you know, how long the rest of the batch has been running around from place to place. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I mean, like you said, at least a couple of months, maybe longer. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I got the feeling like he, uh, yeah, he's kind of just kind of on his own. He doesn't really, you know, have much motivation to, uh, you know, do anything yeah, we, except for just what he's been instructed or ordered to do. Right. And he, uh, we find out here in just a moment in when he goes into Rampart's office that, um, you know, he hasn't, like you said, he hasn't done anything. This is his first mission since he's yeah. been rescued from the platform. So let's go on to that. So uh, in, in Rampart's office, uh, he's been informed, uh, Crosshair is informed that he's been cleared for duty. And Rampart uh, recalls that Crosshair was left on Camino for 32 rotations and asks why he chose to return to duty. Uh Crosshair replies that he is a soldier of the Empire, um, and due to his loyalty to the Empire, Rampart assigns Crosshair to rescue a newly appointed governor of Desix, uh, which is Groton, Groton, who is taken hostage by the the Homeworld's insurgents, uh, insisting that independence be recognized. Rampart explains that Crosshair will be sent as a part of a fake diplomatic mission to secure the city and, and the Empire's governor, Groton. Uh, Crosshair learns that he'll be serving under a new commander and receives orders uh, to report to the battle memorial at 0900 hours. Um, and before we get into to that, um, I'm sure you noticed um, when he's standing in front of the battle uh, memorial looks kind of like um, you know that memorial we have in Washington for all the different wars the the big black wall oh uh, well the Vietnam Memorial Wall yeah yeah I kind of yeah. I got the same the same vibe the same feeling except this one's obviously taller um, and, and bigger um, kind of letting us know the extent of supposedly that's a memorial wall for the clones that have been killed. So it gives yeah. us a, an idea of how many clones have been killed. Um, and I've been all over the uh, the Twitter and Internet trying to find somebody that's translated that. And every time they try to translate it, it's basically gibberish. So they just put a bunch of letters up there to fill the space. Yeah, Didn't really try to spell anything out specifically. Um, so I wanted to mention that, that it doesn't really say anything but it could say names and stuff like that and i was actually surprised that they didn't maybe put one or two names in there and the rest of it gibberish but um 
the one guy I know um, very detailed, and he uh, he looked at the entire thing, and it was all just to random letters and, and, and characters and stuff. So. Nothing that made sense. Nothing that made sense. He he actually had a post of of all the characters that after he translated it, um, and, and like I said, it was just you know sometimes there was five or six letters all together and just you know it was just random jumble. Yeah, yeah. Not even there was uh, a, there was a little foreshadowing comment that was made during that, but we can't really say anything until the end of the episode to uh, pull that up. Did you catch that part? Yeah, yeah. Between um, Commander Cody and Crosshair, exactly. And let's uh, let's get in with that. So, um, at the memorial, Crosshair is greeted by Commander Cody, who informs him that it is specially that he specially requested Crosshair as part of the mission. Cody also raises the, the topic of desertion um, of Clone Force ninety nine following Order sixty six, describing them as genetically defective clones. When Crosshair points out that regulars have also been deserting, Cody talks about rumors that more clone troopers have been questioning Order 66, and Crosshair dismisses them as traitors like the Jedi. Cody is visibly uncomfortable, responds that good soldiers follow orders, and the two board the shuttle class. That's basically what you're referring to, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. That's the whole... uh, kind of foreshadowing right there. Um, while they travel through hyperspace, Cody briefs Crosshair and other clone troopers that the group of separatist insurgents have activated a battalion of battle droids and have seized the city. The capture of Go- Governor Groton uh, has been confirmed, and the clone troopers ask where the battle droids receive, ask where, where the battle droids can receive their shutdown orders. Uh, Crosshair suggests that they've been reprogrammed, and Cody explains that their plan is to use the cover of the diplomatic mission to ambush the separatists and wipe out the droids, and then locate the governor for extraction. Um, good plan. Uh, good plan. Yeah, good plan. It makes sense in general, but uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> They, they asked for uh, permission to enter airspace. Imperial Shuttle 995 to enter dis- uh, airspace. Uh, the tactical droid grants them landing rights. Meanwhile, the governor is protesting. He's tied up. Uh, and uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tony, Tony, ha- Tony has is right there kind of uh, talking to him. And... Uh, Lost my spot. Uh, Governor Ames promises to free him once the Empire accepts her terms. When Gotten protests the go- that the Empire will not accept demands, Ames reveals she is aware that the diplomatic mission is a sham before removing her mask. Um, and I think she removed her mask because we were supposed to recognize her. And uh, uh, she looked familiar to me, but I didn't really recognize her at all. Um, Ames say, says that Count Duca was right that the Galactic Republic would collapse and be replaced by the Galactic Empire. Groton responds that her side lost the Clone Wars and she will lose the war as well. Uh, the tactical droids spot the Imperial sh- shuttle with a pair of macular binoculars and inform 
Governor Ames on the rationale that the Imperials have chosen not to negotiate. Ames orders her battle droids to assemble armored, armored assault tanks, the AATs, and rocket launchers, which hit the approaching shuttle. The Imperial shuttle crashes and lands in Sector 5, which lies on the outskirts of the city. Ames orders the droids to send out scouts to search the wreckage for survivors. And that's when we uh, we get to the, the wreckage and the squad of battle droids approaches the shuttle and discovers several dead bodies. The lead battle droid informs Ames that they found no survivors. Uh, before the droids can return to the city, they are stopped by Crosshair and Cody. Crosshair remarks that shooting the patrol buys them some time. Uh, especially after the patrol told him they didn't find any survivors. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Cody, Cody decides that surviving, surviving squad members should continue on foot. While Cody is concerned about the injured squad members, Crosshair reassures him that they, that he has survived worst odds. Um, Crosshair decides to take out a separatist tank. He tells Cody that he will draw their fire while the other clones move into position. He convinces Cody to trust him. While Crosshair fires upon the tank, Cody and his troops crawl through the field of corn-like crops. Um, Crosshair uses his uh, rifle to fire a blaster rolt into the main cannon of the AAT, causing an explosion that causes the tank to fall and, and onto the bridge. Um, Meg just goes to show you how good a shot he actually is because he shot right through the barrel so it would go inside the tank, um, which technically is probably not possible, but there's got to be something there to block it before it would get to the inside. But Nope. Projectile to projectile. Yeah. We're talking future projectile. Now, in, in modern times, that would just mold or meld those two uh, lead, lead cartridges together but uh there would be a small yeah. explosion yeah yeah so the little historical context on that is uh carlos hancock the white feather sniper in vietnam little history yep. there I i'm your history i'm your historian here there you go yeah it's it's a good thing and they've we've seen it in other movies too which oh, uh, of course of course uh robert never seems yeah, Robin Hood, wasn't it? Which one was that? That was a newer one, wasn't it? Yeah, with uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, uh, what's that kid's name? Edgar? Something Edgar. He was the one that was on The Kingsman, too. I can't think of his name. Yeah. I know who you're talking about, though. Okay, uh, yeah. Sorry. Sidetrack. No, you're fine. You're fine. I like uh, the conversation because I don't want to be just sitting here, you know, basically reading my notes on what yeah, the episode yeah. is too. I want to, I want to discuss it too. So, um, well, he waited for that tank to to uh, you know get into that position too, though. Like, he did. He did. He he knew he what shot he needed to make, so he was anticipating it before he actually took the shot. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, it just reinforces his name why he's across here. Yeah, and obviously he's, and and we don't know, you know, as, as an enhanced clone, let's say, um, did they enhance the 
abilities through, you know, genetics, or was he just trained that way? We don't yeah. know that for sure. Um, we we kind of assumed that each one of our bad batch was enhanced for the abilities that they have genetically, not necessarily, you know, training. Probably a combination. They were enhanced, but then they've got the training to, you know, fine-tune or enhance the enhancement. Yeah, yep, yep. All right, so so as Cody and his troops enter uh, the ramp leading up into the castle, they come under fire with battle droids. Um, Crosshair takes out two sniper droids, which allows Cody and his troops to use the grappling hooks to reach the bat the top battlement of the castle. Um, Cody compliments Crosshair for his marksmanship, and Crosshair Crosshair realizes that the tactical droids is that that a tactical droid is directing the battle droids um, since they are moving in a coordinated wave. Cody proposes dividing their forces um, and orders Weiler and Nova to accompany him uh, and Crosshair to the north axis and the rest of the team is to enter through the south. The tactical droid reports their movements to Governor Ames who tells the droid to proceed with bleh. Protocol 4, while she secures Groton. And then Cody and Crosshair find Governor Groton and his captor have, have fled with him down a turbo lift. Uh, the two clones are soon cornered by a droidicas, uh, which are those rolling droids. Yep. Um, and I don't know, every time I see those things, they seem more powerful. And we they saw, so we, so we saw them in the Mandalorian, and those things, the ones there were, were supersized. Yeah, those are the biggest ones that we've ever seen there. Um, these were more, uh, yeah, they were big, but they weren't as big as the ones on Man the Mandalorian. I don't think. No. Um, and that's we saw those in the movies too. These Jordicas, um, and they were, I thought they were smaller, um. Uh, especially in the Clone Wars animated, it looked like they were just like regular person sized. It's just their yeah. their main defense is that shield that's almost impossible to to get through. Um, and we saw in some of the battle here that they used some pretty good uh, tactics to get into that shield. Um, what was it? One of them, they the the guy killed the droid next to him. The droid fell into the into um, the shield and then weakened it. Yeah. And he had he had thrown um, a, a bomb at the the droid. So it, once he got into the shield, the droid exploded and killed the droidica kind of thing. Did you, did you catch that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then there was another way to. Uh, uh, he exploded. He no, he threw a bomb because he noticed that when they roll, their shields aren't on. So he threw a bomb at one of them when it was rolling. And it exploded. Exploded, yep. Which was interesting, too. Uh, it's okay. like the grenades maybe are like some kind of uh, EMP or something to uh, mess up yeah. the electrical thing. And then that's what uh, can drop the shield from to, to be damaged. Yeah. But once yeah. the shield's down, it doesn't take much to put them out. So that's kind of their main defense. Exactly. Um... And I just said that, but Cody uh, takes the droidicas out with their grenades. They move upstairs and take out more droid and more droid defenders. 
one of the clone troopers just killed and Crosshair spots the tactical droid in the bell tower but is unable to get a clear sight. Uh, Cody uses a grenade to destroy droidicals and battle droids above the stairwell. Um, and now we're getting to the part where uh, they start going up the stairs, which I thought was fascinating that he, he uh, Crosshair had these little pucks, basically mirror pucks that he used mm-hmm. to shoot. Crosshair and Cody and the surviving clone troopers reach the dark chamber where they find the governor. Um, the clones are ambushed by BX series droid commandos, uh, but destroy them with grenades and aims dispatches more uh, commandos droids to secure the tower. Clone troopers take out several reinforcements through a mixture of firearms and knives. Um, and we see at one point, um, Crosshair is begging for Cody to take out the droid that's, that's that's basically strangling him, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he he well, he was focused on uh he was focused on the, the droids that were on the staircase, but one of them was up above and jumped and, and knocked him down the, the stairwell. Right. So uh, Cody Cody takes out several more and provides a clear line of sight to fire uh the the uh puck projectile. Um, which he throw once he gets to the top of the steps, he throws it up in the air. After ricocheting, the projectile hits the tactical droid, taking it out. Um, everywhere else, all the other uh, clone troopers are eliminated because the tactical droid is not communicating anymore. Um, and then we see clone troopers are eliminating um, active droids with flamethrowers and such after that. Cody and Crosshair soon corner Governor Ames, who has taken uh, Groton hostage and pleads for the clones to do something uh, different. Ames claims that to be rightful, claims to be the rightful governor of districts and says that the planet separated from the Republic several years ago. She demands that the Empire recognize Disick as an independent system in exchange for the return of Groton and his troops. Cody replies that he is not here to debate politics with her. And Ames asks her to reconsider uh, the injustice of his actions. Cody responds that her droid forces attack two Imperial convoys, prompting Ames to respond that they were resisting hostile occupation. Cody counters that the Empire is not the enemy, claiming that it only seeks to establish peace and security throughout the galaxy. Ames says that once she, that once she believed in peace and supported Senator um, Mina Bertelli's diplomatic efforts to end the Clone Wars, uh, when Supreme Chancellor Palpatine rejected it, she realized that peace was never an option. Cody t- takes off his helmet and lowers his blaster. He tells Ames that he is willing to negotiate peacefully in order to avoid another war. Cody believes they can resolve this without more bloodshed. He convinces Ames to release Groton in order to protect her people. Once he is free, Groton orders orders the clones to execute, execute Ames, and Cody responds that he promised a peaceful solution. Uh, Groton countermanders Cody's order and orders him to execute Ames. 
Cody refuses, but Crosshair complies with Groton's order. Cody, look, Cody looks at the mask Crosshair with shock. Groton orders the clone troopers to display Ames's body in the square as a warning to the inhabitants of Dissix. Cody is visibly upset. So yeah, this is the the point where uh, you know Crosshair basically follows orders and and does what he's told, right? Yeah, he does, and then he kind of hesitates a little bit, I guess, at when Cody yes. looks at him, but he does follow Grotto down the stairs, and, and Cody's kind of left there to, uh, I guess, process the events, like, you know, yeah. what just transpired, and, and, and how, like, you know, what she just said unfolded in front of his face. And he's probably surprised. As well, because technically, Crosshair did not follow Cody's order. He followed the Governor Grotto's order. Grotto's, yeah. Which, which technically, Grotto is probably a higher rank because Grotto is, you know, over over them in command, right? He's he's their their forces that he's commanding. Um, but I could see where Cody would be also like, wait a minute. I, I basically said this is what we're going to do, and you did something different. Yeah, you didn't follow my command. You followed a separate command. Which, which I mean, if we think about Crosshair and how he thinks, that's kind of the way it is. Um, all right, so later, the stormtroopers and clone troopers conducted door-to-door searches of districts. Uh, civilians carry boxes while Groton... Rotten's surviving squad members climb a shuttle. A second shuttle arrives carrying stormtroopers. Cody boards a shuttle with Crosshair, but does not speak with them during the journey back to Coruscant. And this is also where he kind of, he didn't go directly into the shuttle right away. He kind of paused there, you know, like thinking, do I really want to go with these guys? You know, just. Well, I think, I think he thinks that, but I also think he, he recognizes that everything that he has been told is unraveling and holding right in front of his face because the new shuttles arriving basically means that the empire is taking over that planet, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, you know, he just basically did what, what, uh, they wanted, you know, even though they're being told everything's going to be done peacefully, he's seeing something vastly different. My question is, uh, so so what were they taking off in the boxes? What was being loaded up to be taken off planet? You know, I don't know. Uh, is resources? Uh, is it document payment? Payment? I, I don't know. It could be anything. It could be um, weapons. Anything. Yeah, yeah. I just it was just kind of a interesting thing. Like they're loading stuff to take off planet. You know. Um, yeah. But you see the big, uh, the big ship. Uh, the star is it Star Cruisers? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Kind of. You, you always see those. You know, even in the movies. Star Destroyers. Star Destroyers. Thank you. Always, you know, in the horizon, in the atmosphere. So you just saw a symbol of okay, another planet enveloped within the Empire. Exactly. Conquest. Conquest happened. Yeah, so uh, we get the last scene then. 
Um, back at the uh, memorial, Cody asks Crosshair if they are making the galaxy better, a better place. Um, Crosshair responds that they are just following orders. Cody responds that the clone troopers have the ability to make their own decisions and choices, unlike droids. Um, he warns Crosshair that they will have to live with their own decisions and choices before walking away. Uh, when Crosshair next reports for duty, Admiral Rampart commends him for his success in the operation at Disick. Uh, Crosser also learns that Cody has deserted and his new commander is CC1226. And I looked up that number and there's no um, past commander associated with that number. Um, Rampart questions the loyalty of clone troopers due to their Increasing rate of desertion, but Crosser expresses disinterest. Because he's a trooper to the end, I guess. I don't know. So what did you think of that last scene where uh, uh, we find out Cody's um, deserted and uh, Crosser's still chugging along? Well, I think you see a little bit of conflict with Crosser. I think, you know, he's... He's reflecting on, uh, you know, did he make the right decision with the rest of, you know, mm-hmm. 99 and staying by himself and now with the interaction with Cody, because obviously there was some history with him and Cody, and now Cody is gone. Does he, uh, you know, start questioning, is he doing the right thing? And, and even Admiral Rampart even makes the comment about, you know, it seems all these clones disappear around you. Exactly. You know, you know, uh, he drives him away or something. Yeah, like he's driving him away or something. You know, along those lines. Exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, if we remember, um, you see it more in the Clone Wars animated show, but um, in the Attack of the Clones movie, uh, we see it too. Um, Commander Cody is assigned to Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, he's the one that that Kenobi is, is directing all the time. Um, and you can tell because Cody's got, he's got yellow and stuff on his helmet and his, his outfit. Yeah. So, so actually, That's that his... reminds, yeah. And so in Obi, in Obi, uh, Obi-Wan, he was actually in the Obi-Wan series, correct? Or am I mistaken? Was um, Commander, Commander Cody was in that Obi-Wan, correct? In the, one of like one of the earlier episodes. No. No. Um, there was a clone trooper in an alleyway. But I thought that was... No, it... Or was that Rex? Yeah, that I think that was Rex. There was a flashback, you're right. And I think yeah, that was, was Rex. Maybe it was Rex. Um, I'm trying to remember. See, see, Rex was assigned to Anakin... And Cody was was assigned to Obi Wan, um, and we saw in the the what is it the Tales of the Jedi? I don't know if you watched those yet, but um, Anakin uses uh, Rex's squad to help train Ahsoka in in battle for battle, you know, kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and uh, she uh, 
she learns how to survive an attack of clones, basically. Um, okay. Obviously, during her whole entire, you know, let's say practice session, she never actually is able to escape them. Um, but I think they use that knowledge in that episode as to how she escaped Order 66. Um, we see reference to that in the Clone uh, Wars thing, and we see it in the Rebels show, too. Yeah, um, I think we see most of that in Rebels, which you said you haven't seen the Rebels uh, animated show, I have right? Not. No, I have not. There's, yeah, whenever you get a chance, man, if you get a long break sometime, that's that's the show to watch because it. Uh, if you like the way Bad Batch is going, um, the last two seasons, Rebels is is very much, um, as good, um. Okay. I think the Clone Wars is the Clone Wars animated show is pretty good too, um, but it was more. I felt until the end it was more. They they tried harder to make it appealing to to kids too, um, which I'm not saying the Rebels or the Bad Batch is not appealing to kids either. I'm just saying that there's a lot more adult content that if you're an adult you notice that you might not notice as a as a child. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, a lot more. Uh, Nuances and you know everything going on. So let's continue on here. I uh, I have a question of the week that Scott sent in, and I don't have the thing, do I? It's just now. There's just feedback. So let's do this. <laughs> feedback. So yes. Um, we have multiple ways to get feedback to us. Um, easiest way is to go to our website on the left-hand side. There's a link that says feedback. Very obvious. It's a form you fill out. You just fill it out, and that sends us a message saying that you sent some feedback in. Um, we don't collect any information off of there, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, the second way is we have uh, questions of the week. Um, and you can answer the question and then there's a comment section below where you can maybe explain your answer or, you know, say something about uh, the, the entire question if you want to. And then the, the one of the third ways uh, is our email address feedback at kylesrohanson.us. And the last one is um, we do also publish uh, videos of this podcast. So there's comments on YouTube that, that you can do as well. Um, so the question of the week centers around uh, Commander Cody. He says, uh, this, is, this one was provided by Scott before he called in sick. He said, uh, will Commander Cody join the Bad Batch at some point? And I kind of took the question as, um, will we see Cody again during this show? I, I, don't, I don't know if Cody would ever actually physically join the squad. Um, you know, in my opinion, he might do like Rex has been doing in the show and, um, finding, uh, jobs for them or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll ever join. So I kind of took the question more as, well, uh, we see commander Cody again. Uh, what do you think about that, Rick? Uh, I think there's a possibility we'll see him again. I think, uh, I think he has become disillusioned with the empire, obviously. 
or else he wouldn't have gone AWOL. Uh, but yeah, obviously, I think he has decided to switch sides. Now, what his uh, role is going to be, uh, it's yet to be determined. Exactly, and we uh, we've seen in the Rebels that um, some of the clones that have escaped have gone off on their own and kind of built a life of their own. We actually saw this in the, it was last season in in um, the Bad Batch where they went to that one guy's house that uh, Llewellyn or whatever his name was. Yeah, had yeah, kid, yeah kids yeah. and a wife. Um, so so we've seen that kind of stuff um, a lot. Um, and and I don't know, maybe Cody goes off to some distant uh, moon or whatever and is never seen again. We who knows, but um. I know that we don't hear of him at all in the, uh, the sequel movies, for sure. Um, he could technically still be alive. Um, but, as we know, clones have accelerated growth rates, meaning they age faster than we do. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I read somewhere that it's more like every year is like 10 of our years for them. So they wow. age 10 years every year. Um, and it's more accelerated uh, when they're younger. So um, when they're younger, they grow faster, and then they slow down as they get older, basically. Um, well, we got to produce um, soldiers, and then uh, then when they're um, at uh, you know the age where they can fight, then we want them to fight long. Yeah, and they're they're obviously expendable from what we've seen. So yeah. Um, you know that's a lot of the stuff that Anakin and uh, and Kenobi say is you know just let the troopers do what they're there for is to fight and to you know stall until we can do what we need to do kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Maybe if they'd improve I'm, their aim, they wouldn't need as many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we find the clones. The clones are pretty good shots. Mostly, it's the it's the stormtroopers that aren't the troopers. Yeah. So so you kind of have to remember right now, um, after Order 66, a lot of the clones um, are training troopers. Because the Empire wants to get away from clones and go to troopers because troopers are cheaper and yep. they, they can find many more of them. A clone, it takes you know a 20-year investment before they're ready to go, right? A trooper, you can go and and just grab some kids off of a planet, and you've got to you can start training a trooper. Yeah, um, well, you, they're, you just, pl uh, they're plentiful. It's the back to the colonization part. You you uh, colonize a planet, take their their uh, man, whatever you want to call it, uh, and then uh, you know just incorporate them into the army. Yeah, you know, and I, and I find that interesting too because, um, not to get too deep into it, but. Um, in the movies, they focused on the idea that they're taking the children, um, the boys mostly, right? Yeah, yeah. But we've also seen in the movies, especially in the prequel, or not the prequel, the sequels, that there's women troopers as well. Yes. Because that planet they go to where they got to go into the Death Star and they got to get on that boat or whatever, mm -hmm. that one girl's a, a, an ex-trooper. 
Um, and we've seen seen it other places too, where there's there's women that are ex troopers. Um, so, as a matter of fact, that whole that whole clan of people there was quite a few women in it that were ex troopers. Yeah. Well, and uh, let's see, man, I've lost track of it, but the uh, the really shiny, the really shiny is uh, yes, Phasma. Uh, yeah, there you go. Thank Phasma. you. Phasma. Phasma. Yeah. So. So obviously, I find her, uh, yeah, they're not. Find her uh, funny. They're not, you know, gender specific. I think, you know, maybe initially they were, but they're gonna just taking whoever they can to replenish ranks. Exactly. All right. Uh, anything else you want to that comes out of the episode that you want to discuss or anything? Uh, not that I could really think of. I just I think as uh, as Crosshair is walking away, there's a there's a lot of. Conflict, and I think that scene's kind of designed to do that because it's really dark, and, and yeah. he's got his, yeah. you know, full helmet and, and uh, armor and stuff on, and and he kind of leaves Rampart's office, kind of with that air of despair or disillusionment or you know conflict. I guess might be a better word of all that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with with him. Does he, you know, try to get back with the rest of the 99 batch? Or does he, you know, does his loyalties truly lie with the Empire? Yeah. They kind of hint in the the trailers before the season started that um, he's back with him at some point. But I don't think that's true. I think that I think they're misleading us there. I think maybe he does um, at the end of the season, possibly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's got that conflict in his head, like you said, where he's like, I'm a trooper, I'm supposed to follow orders. And and these guys, as far as I'm concerned, aren't following any orders at all. They're disregarding all the orders. Yeah. Um, but I miss my 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 buddies. Um yeah. you know, I, I feel like an outcast where I'm at now because I'm not like any of these other people. And he's being treated as such. I mean, the fact exactly. that those two troopers get up and walk away when he sets down. Exactly. And, uh, you know, so I think there's going to be some kind of event that will happen that will trigger, you know, him to, I mean, he's going to have to decide. He, he's on that teeter-totter, kind of like what we said with the Jedi and the and the Sith Code. You know, he's, he's teeter-tottered one way or the other. Something's going to cause him to, uh, you know, Either to stay where he's at or, you know, jump sides. So there's definitely going to be interaction with him and the rest of the crew. I agree. All right. So um, our next episode is the 18th, obviously a Wednesday. It's called Faster. So we'll see what happens then. I think possibly this episode is going to be a crosser episode too. Um, Maybe not him by himself like that. We may... uh, see that they're in another uh, situation where Crosshair's on one side and they're on the other side of uh, something that's, that's happening, a conflict or something. Um, yeah. I don't know that for sure, but that's just a guess. Um, they do try to hide some stuff, but you can tell some stuff from these uh, these titles. <laughs> Alright, so let me run the outro then, um, and we'll we'll get out of here. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. Please visit our website where you can play. 
Whoa, that's not supposed Art to happen. Row. Technical difficulties. <laughs> that's the only new fault. attack. <laughs> only new one, yeah. So apparently, uh, the application Thank shuts down. For, thank you for listening to the Rebel Here we go. Briefing Room Podcast. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's HTTPS colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R Kyle Johansson dot U-S. That's it. That's the website. A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room website at R-A-B-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. This podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions of their past or present employers. Views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of Super Duper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. Hey. I am Kyle Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott. Say goodbye now. Goodbye. Andrew's not here, of course. He called in sick. We got Rick. Go ahead and say goodbye, Rick. Goodbye. Goodbye. We're we're done.